the book of Romans. Yes, it is one of Paul's biggest letters, but it's also one of the most theologically debated letters of all time. This book has shaped theologies and beliefs for centuries, but why did Paul write it? What's its purpose? And how should we respond to it? During this series, The Road Through Romans, we're going to discuss this and more. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. So, last time, uh, we, we kind of started diving into the first 17 verses of the book of Romans. Man, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really it good, was wasn't good it? It was a good extent, but it really was good. I... Yeah, it was, it was um, you know, God was illuminating things that sometimes you don't catch on the first, second, mm-hmm. or even third read-through of that. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, we're going to kind of recap it a little bit. Um, before we dive into this next segment of what we're going to be talking about. Um, so basically, Paul is addressing who he is and who he's writing to. And he goes on to start saying about the righteous, you know, what does God do for the righteous people? And he goes on to read in verse 16 and 17, it says, I'm Paul and I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. For it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, first the Jew and also to the Gentile. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So it's starting to set up this contrast of saying, when you live a righteous life, you have life. You have abundance, you have God's provision. But now Paul's going to start to counter that with the flip side of what's going on. He's going to start addressing some problems. He's going to specifically be talking to a group of people um, in the Romans church who is pointing out other people's flaws, but yet doing the same exact things that they're doing. They're pointing out other people's sins, but yet partaking in the same sins, thinking that, you know, they're going to be better and they're they're going to get off better on Judgment Day. And Paul's going to start ad- addressing that in this next section of verses that we're going to read today. And, and I want you to kind of notice this stark contrast because he says a righteous person has life. And but but now we're going to see what an unrighteous and unjust person has. Um, the world that we're living in right now, there's a lot of people that are doing the very same thing that has been happening that was happening in the Book of Romans. They're pointing out other people's flaws and failures, other people's um, downfalls and sins, but yet they are living a life of of sin themselves. It may not be the same sin, but they get angry. They have inappropriate thoughts. Mm-hmm. They they backstab. They talk behind people's backs. And and Paul's saying all of that is all rooted from the same thing. And that's kind of what we're going to get into today um, with this next selection of verses as we travel through the road through Romans. So um, if you want to go ahead and read for us, Pastor Leon, verses 17 through 20. Okay. In the English standard, please. All right. It says, um, 
for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invincible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So that's now starting to contrast. Here's what the righteous get, Mm -hmm. and here's what the unrighteous get. And so it says that, as you read, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now, the root word of ungodliness is irreverence. Mm. So those who don't show reverence and respect to God and unrighteousness is actually defined as injustice. So it's saying that when you live an unrighteous, un unholy life that's against God, you are living a, an irreverent life before God that that promotes injustice, not just towards God, but towards the people around you. When you start promoting injustice, you then suppress the truth. Now, what what is defined as the truth? Well, I can only think that the Bible itself defines the truth as one thing, and that's Jesus. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who proclaim to be Christians but, but operate with injustice, we're not just being mean to people, but we're suppressing Jesus. We're suppressing the truth. I'm not talking about just words. I'm talking about we are suppressing Jesus from acting through our life to the people around us. And when you suppress Jesus is when we're not living the way the expectation of Christ is asking us to live through. Right. A a just-filled life with sharing the gospel through our life. And that is the greatest treasure we have the gospel. Yeah. And it's more than just saying, hey, uh, you need to get saved and then then treat people like they're junk. Right. And, and talk not, about them and be right. rude. You know, if we say that we're a Christian, Paul's pretty much saying step up and live like it. Mm-hmm. Don't be like this. Don't don't talk about people behind their back. You know, God, he he has seen in everything. Mm-hmm. Paul goes on to say, and and we cannot suppress the truth. I'm not talking about false narrative truths right. about conspiracies. No, I'm not talking about the news. That's mm-hmm. not truth. I'm not talking about any of this stuff. I'm talking about suppressing Jesus. Well, Pastor Ann, look at this. It says, from faith, for faith. Again, we hit it in the last podcast a little bit, but from faith is from the time you receive Jesus and for faith. Yeah. And so that means you, how you're living out your faith is important. And then, it, then it, as it is written, the righteous shall live by, by faith. faith. So, so because we have faith, it is different. Now, catch this. If you have faith, it is different than living by faith. Right. <laughs> we can have faith in God, but if we're not living out our faith 
in the public that we stand for God and stand for Jesus in the truth and love people and love God. Right. And and let's let's actually for a second, because I know that we talked about it a podcaster, not a podcast, a couple podcasts ago <laughs> right, right, about right. what what is faith. Mm-hmm. Let's bring that up and just talk about that for a second, because I think the the definition of faith has actually been skewed mm-hmm. ever so slightly because of denominational differences. Okay. Faith Biblical faith means a complete and total dependence and trust in God, meaning your whole entire allegiance and dependence is to God. And that's what actually Paul is saying at the beginning of his letter. You know, I'm Paul. I'm a slave of Christ Jesus. That means my allegiance, my faith, everything that I completely trust in Christ alone I completely live my life as a life that in service to God because I trust and I pledge my allegiance to him and him alone. And that is where in verse 17 is for faith. Right. So from faith we receive, for faith we live. Right. We we people see the gospel. Right, because they see where our allegiance lies. And look, this is the most important part because we can all pretend to show the gospel in our life. Right. We can come to church. We go to our jobs. We can create the image on social media of our faith. But real faith is when tragedy happens, when things go on in your life, and people know it. Yeah. They, I mean, p- people who know you, you work around, you live around, they know when th- bad things happen in your life. That's when faith counts. You're doing it for faith. Right. You trust God regardless of the outcome. You trust in God. You live out your faith when you've come to uh, the bottom dollar of, of your bank account and you have nothing else. Right. You live out your faith when the doctor gives you the report of a bad news and bad circumstances. How do people see you live from, for faith? Right. And, and your life should speak. If, if you're a Christian, let, you know, we shouldn't have any sort of contrary actions Mm -hmm. in our life that Mm -hmm. contradicts what God has told us that a Christian should be filled with. So if something happens and you're filled with fear, that's not a life filled with faith and trust in God. No faith isn't saying, well, I believe that this person's going to get, you know, healed or anything. Mm -hmm. It's saying regardless of the outcome, God is still God. He's still on the throne and he's not going to change. Not that you like a lot of the outcome. Right. But you have to accept the outcome. Yes. And accepting it is a little, little bit more challenging because we assume that when we come to Jesus, life gets easier. No. It's quite opposite. Life gets more challenging because Jesus said in this world you will have Tribulation. tribulations, which also means trials, trials and hardship, yeah. things of that nature. So we create the facade. Once I come to Jesus, nothing in my life should 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 be more challenging. It, it, you know, li- listen how absurd this is. You know, I'm 20 years old and I'm living my life and I feel good and healthy. But now I'm seven years old and my life, my health is falling apart. I, that shouldn't be that way. Well, sorry, but I'm, you know, I'm not saying that God doesn't heal and God doesn't deliver. But as you age in your body, your body's meant to grow old. To grow old, right. If that wasn't the case, then 
look at the wrinkles on some of your faces and look at the gray hair on your head right and tell me you don't grow old now you can fix that when you purchase different things <laughs> and medical procedures right. to make those right. wrinkles go away and and we purchase things to make the gray go away but in reality deep down you are who you are no matter what you do absolutely and you are growing old and your body will go through different things and that same thing with our faith yeah we're growing in our faith and and living out our faith it's is, a walk it's a walk yeah and we're, you're going to experience things that you don't like absolutely and you, it's hard and to you're going to experience hardships you yes. know you're going to experience things happening people attacking you but how you respond to those situations determines whether you suppress the truth or not mm -hmm. with your life. If someone attacks you, are you going to attack them back? Naturally, if somebody want to attack. Yeah, if somebody verbally attacks your character, are you going to verbally attack their character in return? I mean, what happens when, you know, you've read reports from, you know, the youth of people who experience cyber attack? Yeah. You know, from social media, mm -hmm. from other people. Cyberbullying. Cyberbullying. And I mean, I've read an article a while back ago where this young person ended up taking their life because yeah. of the cyberbullying. So how do you handle those issues? How do you go through living, living for faith from faith? Because right. it says the righteous shall live by faith. That means that's a determination. By, by this point, I'm going to live out my faith right now. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard, especially when you're in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. It's hard when, when you know, it seems like you just keep the, keep on getting left hook after right hook and, you when know, for weeks end? at a time, right. you know, when's this beating going to end? And and you're just tired and you're worn out and you're just, you just feel like you're, you're at the point of giving up. How you respond in those moments mm -hmm. determines where your allegiance lies. And, and if my allegiance lies with Christ, and this is something that, you know, we all struggle with. Me, Pastor Leon, we've all struggled Absolutely. with this, you know, more recent than than ever, uh, some may say. But we live out, we live out for faith. We right. do it for the faith that we have in God. And it's growing and learning from mm -hmm. your past mistakes and failures. You know, there there was once a time if someone were to attack me, you know, I could I could tear them down verbally and I could make them cry pretty much. Mm. But but God has changed my heart and softened it to the point where instead of hurting them in response with my words, I pray for them. Mm. But that shows growth. Yeah. And and it's not something to brag, you know, I'm bragging about or anything, but it's 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 growing in your faith to the point where no matter what somebody says, no matter what somebody does, I'm still going to respond with love because Christ has already loved me. Even when I was against him, he has loved me. And we should respond with the same. Well, that's where it says that the righteousness of God is revealed. Is revealed. It, yeah. You reveal it through your moments that you, that's where the character shown. Yeah. Your character, God, the, the godly characters coming through your life by the pain. Pain is a, is a process of God's possibilities to do greater things in your life. Absolutely. It, I don't like pain, but no. we live through pain. We have to because we're humans. Don't like it when my heart breaks, yeah. but I have to let God heal the broken heart. You follow me? So this is where you, and whoever's listening to this podcast right now, your broken heart is God's possibility to bring forth the opportunity yeah. to do greater things in your life. He, he says, you know, as he, we said before, in this world you'll have 
tribulations, hardship, trials, but he has overcome the world, Jesus. Yeah. So our we live for faith by faith now. Yeah. This is the by faith I live. And it says that it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Mm, mm. We have life because we don't suppress the truth. Now, now life, let's define that a little bit more. Is it life because my heart beating or I mean, how, how is this? I would, I would say it's, it's, it's both temporarily. Okay. Um, because number one, I have, I do have physical life, mm-hmm. but also when a situation arises, say, I don't know, say someone in your family, you know, has a car accident and they, and they die in the car accident. You have life, you know, you're going to be sad. Yeah. But you're, you're at the point of life and I'm, I'm not there yet, (laughs) but you, you know, we have to work towards a point in life where it says no matter what goes on around us, Mm -hmm. I still have my joy. Mm -hmm. I still have my peace. I still have my patience because it's not me that's living it out. It's Christ in me. I tell you the most, and I hope I don't get teary-eyed talking about it, the most faith I've seen in my entire life, and I've seen some great people live out their faith, My, my your mom, my wife, yeah. her relatives, her cousins, their little little mm. girl died. The most hardest funeral I've seen is, is seeing a little infant, toddler, baby's funeral. And for faith, by faith here, we're talking of, I am bawling like a baby myself. I mean, not a dry eye in that sanctuary. And, I, I, you know, my mind and my heart goes towards the parents. And I'm thinking, how in the world can they live through this moment? And I look up and I see both their hands, the mother and the father, raised and worship God through pain. Loss is pain. And to see people worship God in the pain is truly showing and revealing, not out of a show. I can guarantee you, they weren't in it for a show. They needed God's strength then and now. And 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 to talk with someone who's lost a child of that that of that age group, it's almost like yesterday for them. And, and they still need God's strength every single day. And and this is this is the by and, and for some reason this is where the Holy Spirit's brought us to. But for, from faith, forth faith, by faith, this is where we're at. And, and living out our life for him. Yeah, because our life produces truth, and yeah. the truth is Jesus. Yeah. Truth is Jesus. Because we're, li- we're, we're trying our best to live a righteous life. Mm-hmm. We can't be perfect. No. There are times that we're going to fail. Yes. But in our heart, in our mind's eye, we are giving it all we can give it mm-hmm. to live a righteous life. And that's, and that's, I think, what Paul is trying to say. You know, you're going to make mistakes, but you're going to pull through because you have faith. Now he's going to start to contrast it, though, with people who deliberately choose mm. to live unrighteously. And that is a choice. It's definitely a choice. Absolutely. And it's easier to live unrighteous than it is to live righteous. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, we can get create the facade of saying, oh, once you get Jesus, it'll be easier for you to live for God. Wrong. It becomes more challenging. Because there's more attacks. Yes. There's more pain. There's mm-hmm. more. But, but then again, we do have that hope. Yeah, we do. That eternal hope. But Paul goes on to start contrasting it. You know, here's... 
Here's what happens when you're righteous because you have life. Now, here's what's going to happen with the unrighteous. Yeah. For the wrath of God, verse 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous, unrighteousness of men. Ungodliness, again, as what I say, is irreverence, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, we, we don't show reverence to God. We don't show respect to him. We, we spit entertain, in his face Well, you more or less actions. entertain things that God doesn't approve of in your life. Willingly. Mm-hmm. You willingly entertain yeah. those things. And these are choices again. Absolutely. Our choice. Daily choices mm-hmm. to follow him or not follow yeah. him. Yeah. And so he says, because of those things and because of injustice and irreverence, they suppress the truth. Mm. And the truth is what sets people free. That is correct. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You, can, you can't come to the Father but from through me and the truth shall set you free you know that's that's what jesus preached and he is the truth and when we suppress the truth we suppress people from being free when we live when we say we're a christian and we live in justice and we live in irreverence to god we go out and we 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 hurt people Mm -hmm. verbally on purpose on purpose we talk about people behind their backs we are suppressing the truth throughout life we are not freeing people but we're putting them in cages and truth is saying okay so i've known people who said i just want to tell you i love you because i want to tell you the truth but in reality their truth is not for helpful purposes their truth is is a, can become even though it's truth sometimes they manip, people manipulate god's truth mm-hmm. as a, a tool yeah, manipulative to tool. Yeah, to but control. truth is loving people, accepting people where they are, where they are, and 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 not to condemn people with the truth, but to pick people up from absolutely. truth, absolutely, to to walk in truth, absolutely. And, and so you know, the only perfect human being that ever existed on this earth is Jesus. Yeah, and so th- that's where the self righteousness comes in because self righteousness is not godly righteous. Correct. It's it's really considered the unrighteous. It's ungodly. Yeah. Because it's, you're living for yourself, your own motives, mm-hmm. your own things. Exactly. And God wants us to live for him and not for ourselves. Yeah, he wants us to be completely sold out for him. Because like we said last podcast, you're a slave to something. Yeah. You're a slave to something. You can't serve two masters. You can't. Only one. Only one. And so who are you going to serve mm-hmm. and worship? Right. Are you going to worship God? Or are you going to start going down this path that Paul is mm. going to start talking about? He says God is plain. He's made himself clear to people through his invis- invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature. And he's been perceived ever since the creation of this world, meaning we can see God through creation. We can see that there's a creator because he created all this world. There's no way you know, we have an excuse because everything we see the stars in the sky, the galaxies miles and miles and billions of miles away, the the birds, the worms, the the sea that is only 20% discovered right now. Someone had to make it. I the words that stand out to me is the invisible invisible <sighs> attributes. It's the invisible attributes. And that's what stands out to me is the things God does in our lives that we don't see him do. Right. Like give us peace and show us unconditional love and mm-hmm. and give us grace. Grace is something that isn't seen. Yeah. yeah, we try to show grace and mercy to people, but grace and mercy 
is applied to us every day, every single day yeah. of our lives. Absolutely. And, and so, so Paul goes on to say, you know, because of God's invisible attributes, he has been revealed. So there's no excuse for us not to believe. Mm-hmm. Verse 21, it says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and foolish in their hearts, and their hearts were darkened. Right? And so futile means non-productive or without a purpose. Mm-hmm. So they gave up their purpose by not serving God, by not acknowledging God is God. And 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 so when when we start living in this reality of oh god is just he's he's not who you know he's not god right he's not god god's not real our purpose becomes distorted yeah because we were all created to worship and work with god i think um a distorted also view of god is seeing him as a personal assistant oh absolutely you know what i'm saying i mean we we feel that some way somehow we can uh, and twist her, God's twist arm. God's arm or somehow manipulate uh, yes manipulate or coach him to go a direction we want yes but in reality that's not putting God where he belongs no and so we give ourselves and we claim our own wisdom the yeah. as we are reading we we get we think oh we can outsmart God you know or we, we know more than God yeah you know God you did it wrong so this is how I want it done we get very specific and then you know, then we do the name it and claim it scenario because yeah, the decreeing and declaring. Yeah, and and really the decree and declare is not what you want is God's word. Absolutely, not manipulating God to get what you want, but de- mm. proclaiming what God has declared. Yeah, for life itself. Absolutely, and and that's the biggest thing is like God's not some magical genie that's going to grant you your every wish. If if so, then he would be serving you, yeah. and in service is is worship. So he'd be in essence worshiping you, which is backwards. Yeah. In fact, you know, then that puts that it is your works that saves you. And, oh right. And that kicks grace out the door. Yeah. So it's not your works that you can achieve merit badges to get more of God. Right. It's not what he's after. No. Now, faith without works is dead, but your works isn't going to get you to heaven. Right. Absolutely. So. Paul is going on to say that when we start either denying God's existence or making thinking that he has to serve our needs Mm -hmm. is when we become futile with our thinking and our hearts become spiritually darkened and blinded and ignorant to what God is saying because 22, they claim to be wise but actually they became fools and exchanged the glory of God, the glory of the immortal God, let me say, for images resembling mortal man and birds mm. and animals and creeping things. So over the centuries and, and, and now even, you know, Paul is saying that people have exchanged the glory of God, of an eternal immortal God, and, and instead are now worshiping images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Mm. Now, I want to take your mind back to a, a moment um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And I want us to, to, to read that right now. I want us to read that because Paul 
is going to start paralleling Genesis, the account in Genesis, with these next couple verses. So, Paul said, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images Mm. resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping thing. Back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion, Mm. authority. Now listen to what we have authority over, over the fish of the sea over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That list re- represents and parallels what Paul's saying. You know, we, we traded our worship for God for worshiping birds, animals, and creeping things. But we're called to have dominion and rule over those things. And not submit to. And not submit to. So... Paul is starting to deconstruct. He's mm-hmm. showing the deconstruction process. Now, right now, there's a lot of Christians who are going through a phase called deconstruction. <laughs> it's called deconstructionists, and they are rethinking what they believe about God. And they're coming to the conclusion that, that God's not real and this and that. That's happening right now in churches all across America. But Paul is now showing that when we start worshiping mortal man, well, you may be thinking, well, I don't worship a man. I don't worship other gods. When we serve ourself and our needs, we are in turn worshiping ourself mm. over God. Because we put us over God. Absolutely. And what, what Christ is asking for us to do is to take up our cross. Absolutely. That cross is death. Yeah. That's simple. Death to self. Death to self. Mm-hmm. And if, if that, and look, so that means it's not about ourselves. It's not about what we want, how we want it, when we want it. It's about dying to self, taking up our cross, following him where we he wants us to be, not where we think we should be. Mm. And, and that means when we follow him, we follow the glory, the immortal God. Mm. When we choose not to, that's when we've exchanged the glory of God to to false images. Right. Even our own image. Right. Our own kingdom. When we build up our own kingdom, we are worshiping our image. Mm-hmm. What, when, okay, it's so the thing about this. When a person goes into debt buying things to make them look like they have money, but mm. they're in crippling debt. Yeah. You are worshiping and building up your image instead of God's image. We were built to be image bearers, bearers of God's image, which is what icon means. Icon means image, and and icon is 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 a symbol and a reflection of of something else. So we are built to reflect God on this earth, to have dominion over this earth and to bring everything in accordance and alignment to Him. But when we choose to submit to what we were called to serve over, that's when the problem happens. When we submit to ourselves instead of serving over us, right? Mm-hmm. When we submit to our needs instead of instead of serving God's needs, that is when this deconstruction process begins to happen in our life. And you no longer respond to God. Right. Your heart becomes darkened and blind, it says in verse 20, 21. We become futile in our thinking, which means non-productive. So we're, we, our whole entire purpose in life 
once we start serving ourselves, our whole entire purpose is out the door and out the window. We have no purpose anymore. Well, so from our passage, you're going from faith. Yeah. But you're not living by faith. Correct. And living by faith is not saying, oh, I'm trusting God for a new home or for a raise on my job. Living by faith is saying, I trust God, period. Period. Yeah. I just trust him. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, no, didn't say it was supposed to. He didn't ask you to make it make sense. He mm-hmm. asked you to trust. And that's something that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Because, that's something that the believers in Rome struggled with. Because seeing is believing. Yeah. But by faith is believing and not having to see. Absolutely. And the Bible is all clear about that. Yeah. All throughout the Bible, we see that. But we have to realize that when we build up our image mm-hmm. and we build up what we want our life to look like when what when we serve our agendas and our purposes in life mm. then we are worshiping a false god ourselves and not worshiping the real immortal god we are we are worshiping the creation rather than creator and that's totally backwards by the yeah, way yeah absolutely and so um, as we continue to read here, Paul is going to bring up a couple different things that's going to be a little controversial at first. Um, so we're going to kind of navigate through this here, but we're going to see the deconstruction of Genesis, of the Genesis account, what God created us to do when we serve someone else or serve ourselves, then everything becomes polluted. Everything becomes tainted. Everything in our life becomes disjointed, should I say. And so we're going to continue reading verses 24 through, let's just say 28, 24 through 28. So we're going to read that. And it says, therefore, therefore what? Okay. So therefore, because we have worshiped things, that's not God. God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts. Why is that? Because God will always give you the desires of your heart. Exactly. He's always going to give you the desires of your heart. And if that's what you want, he's going to let you have it. He's not going to twist your arm. No. So you better serve me or else. No, this is your choice. He's a loving God. Yes. And merciful. And merciful. Yeah. And his love and his mercy says, okay, if this is your choice, I'm going to let you have what you want. Yeah. If that's what you want, you can have it. Absolutely. He's, I'm trying to figure out how to say this properly, but in his love and in his grace, he's going to give you what you want, Mm -hmm. whether it's him or not. That's why in the end of time, he's going to give us what we've chosen to live our life, Mm. sworn allegiance to. If I swear my allegiance to God, which this is what Paul's going to get into here in a little bit. If I swear my allegiance to God, then I'm going to be with him for eternity. But if I choose to serve myself, and if I choose to serve the world, then I'm not going to be with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, depart from me. He's just giving us the desires of our hearts. That's it. God will give you the desires of your heart, whether it's good or bad. He's going to give you over to it one way or another. And if so, bringing this to perspective for those who are listening, if our heart is for God, and that is our passion of our heart, because look, God already knows your intentions of your heart anyway. 
And if that is your true intentions is for him, guess what? He 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 gives you up to what you desire. Absolutely. So if you desire him and what he desires, then he gives you gives you up to that desire, which is for him anyway. Yes. And then there are things that follow, precedes your desire, and 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 therefore you you are in a place with God where you receive from him more. Right. Where you get into a place of longing mm-hmm. where your desires become his mm-hmm. and, and he'll give you those desires. Yep. <laughs> but then the counterintuitively, there's also people out there who chase after things. That's not of God. Yeah. God's not going to stop them. He's, he's not going to interfere with the will of man. Yeah. He's going to let them do what they want to do. I mean, catch this passage, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Deep down, God knows your desires, but that delight means that you are finding pleasure in your pursuit Mm -hmm. after him. Yeah. You don't pursue God to get your desires. You pursue God because he is your desire. And if he is your desire, then he blesses you because of your pursuit and your priority that you have set in place. He's first. Right. Nothing else, not yourself, not other images, icons. Yeah, God. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. I, I couldn't agree more. Because here's the thing: we all are serving something. Mm-hmm. Right. We're back to that. We're all. We're back to that. He's gonna let you serve whatever you want to serve, whether it's him or not. Because he's gracious. He's 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 he gives you what you want, even though, even though. He knows, you know, this isn't what's best for you. He's still going to give it to you because that's what you want. Mm -hmm. That's what your passion and desire is. And so um, he's going to go over three different giving them ups over this next passage, these next um, four verses. Okay. God's going to give people up. And and notice a sequence of three. Three in the Bible represents completion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So he's going to completely give people up to their desires one way or another so therefore god gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity mm-hmm. to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because catch this verse 25 they exchanged the truth about god for a lie mm. and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen so let, let's bring this a little bit more yeah okay because that verse 25 is just bold. Yeah. It, I mean, it's yeah. bold. Exchange the truth. Who do we know is the truth? Jesus. Jesus. About God for a lie. Who's a liar? The enemy. The enemy. He's the father of lies. That word father in the Greek also is connected to governing the mind. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when we exchange Jesus <laughs> for the lie... This governs how you think. Yep. So you're no longer thinking the way God wants you to think. Because the Bible talks about renewing your mind. Which is in Romans. In Romans. So we're not thinking the way God wants us to think. We're now give, exchanging Jesus. Mm-hmm. The we, truth. We're, we're, not, we're not from, so we go from faith. We exchange our from faith salvational moment, the truth. We're no longer living by faith. Now we're, we're living out a lie. Mm-hmm. 
my God help us. We're living out a lie. Why? Because we've served the creation rather than the creator. Yes. And because Satan lied to Adam and Eve and they accepted the lie. Yeah. Then then he now no longer he's now he's now Satan was now punished as a serpent, by the way. Right. Which think about what is Satan? He is a creation, mm-hmm. not the creator. Exactly. And and we falsely accept the lie, perceiving that Satan is just as powerful of God, that we've no. got to fight the devil. No, you don't have to fight the devil. You don't have to fight any principalities or demons. Guess what? We're not at war, you know, with flesh and blood. We're at war with principalities, but doesn't mean that they're stronger. It just means that they're trying to fight us. But here's the thing. God, they're no match to God. God yeah. can snap his fingers and they can disappear. There's things we have to experience living out by faith that god allows yes you know i mean i'm not gonna talk we're not we're gonna get into the the predestination um conversation i think it's in romans chapter nine Mm -hmm. um which we're gonna kind of talk more about that god doesn't i'm just gonna preface this now is like god doesn't permit things like like rape to happen he doesn't allow things like murder to happen what's all god's will i'm sorry no we live in a fallen world where where people make make decisions poor decisions but here's the thing. Overall, there are things that are going to happen mm-hmm. as life lessons. And God's always going to use what the enemy meant for evil I was gonna say and turn that. it for his good. <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm telling you, the, these are evil intentions of the enemy. Right. But there's but there's always, mm-hmm. God will always find a way to have, to make it purposeful. So let's list, I mean, just very quickly, Satan's job's description. To steal kill and destroy and destroy that's what he does he's a liar he's there to still kill and destroy that's part of his resume okay but jesus said i've come to give you life abundant life right so 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 here you're when you choose the lie over the truth Mm. god help us when you choose a lie over the truth, you're living out a lie. Yeah. Therefore, you squandered the dominion and the authority that God's placed in you. Because you're submitting to what you were called to rule over. Come on. And so if we submit to the... Look, you're purposely... Who who in the right mind has a person come to their home, bang in their home, demand to come in their home... And let them in. And you let them in and you say, here, here's the key to my house. You do whatever you want. Even though you're paying the mortgage, mm-hmm. you're paying the insurance, homeowner's insurance for it, you're paying the you light bought bill. You everything in the house. You, and you own it all. Yeah, it's and yours. You, you're just giving it up for someone else to just live in it and you're just a visitor. Yeah. That means they can kick you out if you let them. Yeah. See, there. Th- that's the thing is... We allow the enemy to enter into our houses. We give him the key. We welcome him in because he's banging on the door. Mm-hmm. He beats us up. Mm-hmm. He leaves. And then he comes back a day later doing the same. And we let him in. Why? Yeah. Because, oh, the enemy's just attacking me. And I'm going to accept that. I'm not going to no. accept that. No way. No. Here's, but here's what God says. That's when we can decree and declare what the word of the Lord says. Yes, that's where it comes in. That's the decreeing and declaring. The it's truth. not... I decree and declare that God's going to give me the new Model S Tesla. Oh, de- no. Decree, declare, I'm going to win the million, 50 million on the Powerball. No, no. <laughs> when the enemy attacks you mm-hmm. and he says a lie from the doctors mm-hmm. or a lie from from this person or that person. Say, no, here's what the word of the this Lord says. Mm-hmm. This is truth. It's what Jesus did. It is written. He it just is spoke written. the truth. Right. So why do we have to accept the reports? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to accept those things? Right. We can say, you know what? 
I have the truth inside of me yes. and the truth sets me free. No matter what's going on in my body, no matter what's going on around me, no matter who's attacking me, I'm not going to submit to what I was called to have dominion over. Right. And so the freedom, truth sets you free. The freedom is knowing God's in control. Yeah. Now, freedom is not you can do whatever you want, however you want. You know, God is going to work it all out. No, no. The freedom is understanding that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you go through, God still wins. Uh, yep. He's still in control. He's still God. He still is on his on throne. throne. He's still king. He's still king of kings, lord of lords, yes. alpha, omega. Period. He's it. So He's nothing all, supersedes him. No. Nothing comes the close. The enemy can't dethrone God. He can't. Mm -hmm. He can't kick God off the throne. He tried that multiple times. Tried. Got kicked out. Got kicked out for it. <laughs> And so what did he do? He came down to the image bearers, mm -hmm. us, yeah, and said, guess what? We are the reflectors. Did of that. God really say that? Mm -hmm. and then he steals the authority that he's been, that's God's given you. Mm -hmm. Then when you accept the lie from the truth, mm -hmm. you're serving the wrong master. Yeah. He now takes over you. Yeah. But here's the great thing, going back to the analogy of your own home owning, is by law. You, you can evict. You can evict. Mm-hmm. You have to follow the procedures of the law, whatever state you're in, of that um, eviction. But by law, you hold the paperwork mm -hmm. stating the, that the deed titles in your name and that the bills are in your name. Yep. Everything you own, you bought, it's in your name. So guess what? That visitor that's trying to take over your home, that's home invasion of right. your personal life, doesn't have ground to stand on. Pause. Okay. Think about this. Yeah. It's not even in your name. Come on. It's in God's name. Yeah. Because if we're serving him, he puts his name. Oh, the seal. On us. Uh-huh. It's his name yes. that's on it. So it's really God's. Right. It's we're God's. just maintaining it for him. Which is what we were called to do in the Garden of Eden. Right. When we were created, we were created to have authority mm -hmm. over the birds, the creeping, crawling things on the earth and everything like that. We were allowed to have dominion. Yep. And he says, be fruitful and multiply, spreading the Garden of Eden all over the world. And now we're going to see in the next verse that yeah. Paul goes into. So in this reason, because people accepted a lie and worshiped the, the creation rather than creator, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Mm. He exchanged, um, uh, The women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Okay. And the men likewise gave up natural relations in, with women and were consumed with passion for one another, one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So this is a verse that's going to be a little controversial and hard to talk about. Yeah. But God's going to give us the grace too. Yeah. It's talking about homosexuality. Um, but here's the thing. In the grander scope of Romans... Paul is touching on it. It's not the main focus of it. Yeah. But you see, he's listing more than just a homosexuality. Well, you, what, yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah. But he's showing you the deconstruction of the Garden of Eden. He mm -hmm. said, what was God's three things to tell them to do? Um, it was have dominion over the things that creep on the earth, which, you know, in Paul says, you know, we started worshiping those things. Yeah. Be fruitful and multiply. Man Replenish. and a woman multiply. Mm -hmm. But what does this say? You know... They, they they stopped doing that and they started having desires for one another. Mm -hmm. 
So there that's again. two of the things that God created us to do that we don't have a that we became futile in our mm-hmm. thinking with, yeah. which is with what and He gives you up said. to your own desires. Yes, and so when you when you exchange truth for a lie, mm-hmm. you know, and He gives you up to your own desires. If that's what you desire, mm. you will have. Yeah, and so that that means to dishonoring God, mm-hmm. and that what passages talk about. Yep. When 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 he's given them up to this honorable passion, yeah. he's dishonoring God, then then there's an exchange that happens. Yeah, this is more than the homosexuality. It's yes. more than doing wrong things. There's yes. an exchange of authority. It's exchanging the glory of God, the glory of the immortal God. Yeah, for what we think is right, mm-hmm. from natural to unnatural. Yes, from the natural flow of things. Here's what N.T. Wright says about this. Paul's larger, all-embracing perspective is not that there's there are some things exceptionally wicked people and they're out there doing revolting things, but the fact that such clear distortions of the creator's male plus female intentions occur in the world indicates that the human race as a whole is guilty of a character twisting idolatry. Mm. So those passions and desires for one another, it's not, it's stemming from, it's stemming from a false worship, a worship of self, self rather Mm. than a worship of the King. It's distorting what God created as good. Well, even even when a man gets addicted to pornography, right? It's the same idea, because you you're you're not being fruitful, right? And you're not replenishing the earth. You are debasing the mm-hmm. very nature of God. Yes, that what He's intended for natural relations that has now become unnatural. Absolutely, with unnatural expectations. So. In us exchanging the glory of the immortal God, I keep on going back to that. Yeah, that's because it's important. And because of us exchanging the glory of immortal mm-hmm. of the um, of the immortal God, yeah. And because we believe a lie rather than the truth and yeah. suppress the truth with our life, God's going to continue to give us up to the passions of our heart. And the more out of line and disjointed we are with God, the more diluted and twisted our passions are going to be. Mm-hmm. That's why we see murder. Yeah. Uh, That's why we see adultery. Well, even the enemy, I think somewhere in the Bible, I can't remember exactly. Maybe you can help me out. The Bible talks about how sin caused you to be very creative. Oh, yeah. It talks about it here in Romans. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I thought I read it somewhere. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's actually right here later in Romans. <laughs> but I, I thought I remember reading it, and, yeah. and it's how sin makes you very creative. You create... Yeah. Things because that's that's your flesh, that's the lust of your desire. We can go ahead and read that. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, verse 28. So, this is the third giving away, right? So, God completely gives us up. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, Mm. hmm, God gave them up to a debased mind. Now, pause there. Debased means failing to pass the test, and a mind is a way of thinking. So, it's saying that a way of thinking that is going to fail us when face with a moral test mm. right so god gave us up to a a, a way of thinking that's going to fail us to do um what ought not to be done mm. they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness now he's yes. going to start listing things yep. 
not just homosexuality. Not ju- and people, pe- look, people take the fraction of the yeah. passage and skip. Yeah, they're like, oh, all homosexuality is so bad. Yeah, but, but guess so are what? the other things. Here's the list of on, everything list else out. that's just as bad. Unrighteousness, which is injustice. Mm-hmm. Evil. Mm-hmm. Greed. Malice. They are full of envy. Murder. Strife. Deceit. Evil-mindedness. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. What's the next word? It goes further. They are gossips, Ooh. slanderers, mm. haters of God, insolent, which is violent, haughty, boastful. Here's what you were talking about. Inventors of evil, mm-hmm. disobedient to parents, mm. foolish, faithless, unloving, and ruthless. Mm. So, 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 you know, it's not just talking about homosexuality. homosexuality. It's talking about anything that makes that 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 makes us less than what we were called to be. <laughs> and I, I love the fact how you know maybe some people saying, "Well, I don't murder. I've never killed, but you do kill people's character." Yeah, Christ, Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, "If you look on somebody with anger, then you are murdering them mm-hmm. in your heart." So there, there's this is the heart issue. This is your desire, your pursuit. Your Passion. I'm a believer. I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna slander and defame someone or a company, or mm. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just totally blast them out on social media and just totally ruin the reputation. That's or, murder. Did you hear? Did you hear what Sister So and So did? Oh my goodness! Did you Did you hear? Did you see? Did you see that that guy down the street I that goes no to church oh going goodness. into the liquor store? Oh my oh, gosh! Oh my goodness! Did you did you hear about God Sister have mercy So and So? Her soul, dear Lord Jesus. Do you know how much? Do you know how much money they spend in oh. clothes oh. every single week? Oh, I saw them at the racetrack. Well, what were you doing at the racetrack? <laughs> I saw them playing the slot machines. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so, but you see how this works. That, this is why we're this, doing this. this he, Paul's saying, guess what? All those people are grouped mm-hmm. with the homosexuality. See, right now in our world and generation, the the Christian church is like is like so stuck mm-hmm. on the homosexuality mm-hmm. debate. And we're not saying it's not wrong because no, it is. We're not. But, but, what we're saying is, guess what? So are all of these other things that we're all doing. Yeah. We're all doing it. If you can read yourself in different translations, Romans 1, uh, 28... Yeah, where's through thirty two? Through thirty two, and you say I none of this touches my life. Then, then guess what? Then you're okay. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but I can guarantee you, anybody reading this is somebody. It's touching somebody. I I read this and I'm thinking, yep, I've I've done that. Yep, done that too. Yep, yep, I've done that too. So you know, guess what? We're all we're all involved in this. And so Paul goes on to say, though they knew. They know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Hmm. So it's it's people saying, well, this sin is okay to do because it's not a big sin. But this, this one is where we draw the line. Well, last time I checked, sin is sin. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. And, and so, so there's no greater or little sin. Yeah. Sin is sin, yep. period. Period. And so, so we can't point our finger... At, at at someone else's faults and not really look at our own faults, mm-hmm. right? Correct. 
And so Paul continues to say, therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judge. Mm. For in passing judgment on one another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works, his own works. Notice that. To those who by patience and well-doing seek glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. So get this. He's saying there, if you're calling out someone else's sins, but you're not looking at your own, Mm. There's going to be, it's going to be worse for you on the day of judgment. If we're sitting there judging other people, but yet we still sit here and have anger and hatred towards our brother and sister and, and the Lord, then, then guess what? We're just as bad, if not worse. That's saying something. He's saying that this sin is not greater than this sin in God's eyes. And if you sit there and you call someone else out for being a homosexual, but then you go and you watch inappropriate videos on, 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 on the internet, then you're just as bad. If you're saying that someone, um, someone who, who has killed somebody, right, is worse than you getting angry at somebody, then you're just as bad. Let me throw this one in. Jesus said this in Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not mm-hmm. judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be mm. judged. Yep. Look, with the same measure you use it, it would be mm. measured back, back to you. So so when, when you're judging and you're measuring people's life, measuring people's actions, Jesus is saying, I'm going to measure it right back at you. My, my grandfather has always said, you know, he's, he's now in the heaven, mm. heaven with God. But he said, for every one finger you point, you got three pointing back at you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just inevitable. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. So when we judge people, mm. God's going to judge us with the same hypocritical mm-hmm. judgment that we showed towards them. Mm. Why? Because we're suppressing the truth even in that. Because the Bible says that we're not judge. He is judge. Right. God is judge. We're not judge. The only person that can be an impartial judge is somebody who has never sinned. That's why we need Jesus, because he is our impartial judge. And then Paul goes on to say, For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And those who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. So basically he's saying that you ju- you get you are judged mm-hmm. by God for what you know. Mm-hmm. Right, not what you don't know. So the people over in the those tribes, right, over in Africa, are going to be judged by what they know, mm-hmm. not by what they don't know. Right. And so it says, for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers mm-hmm. of the law who will be justified. Mm-hmm. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, requires, they are the law unto themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. 
on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ. So in the end of the day, Mm -hmm. where does your heart lie? Yeah. Where does your heart lie? Is it to God or is it against God? Is it swearing your allegiance to God or is it serving another? That's what Paul is talking about here in this lengthy bit of discourse that he was talking to the Romans about. He was pretty much saying to them that you either serve righteousness or you serve unrighteousness. Either you're serving the creator or the creation. And when you serve the creator, you have life and truth and you have God with you. But when you serve the creation, you're then given away into those new ways of debased mindedness. You're given into your lustful desires and passions because God's going to give you the desires of your heart one way or another. He loves you. He wants you to serve him. But he's going to give you what you want because he's that kind of God. He's not going to force you to serve him. He's just asking. And for me, for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to serve him and him alone because he is God. He is on the throne and he does not lie because in him is truth. In him is is righteousness and in him is everything that I could ever need. We want to thank you for tuning in to Calvary's Compass today. We hope that you enjoyed that that lengthier podcast. Uh, we just kind of got caught up in the moment and didn't see how long we were going. But, but you know, the Holy Spirit really directed us. He showed us and enlightened things that, that no man could show us or enlighten. But we want to thank you for tuning in to Calvary's Compass this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.